Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Marvel Cinematic University. My name is Jerome Chang. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jerome. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And, of course, Anthony Canton III. Anthony, how are you today? I'm doing well, Jerome. Beyond again, as always. As always. All right. Um, well, guys, we've made it to another Avengers. We have yeah. made it to the Age of Ultron. And, in the spirit, the first guest to joined us on our first Avengers, our first time on the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. She is the Mark Ruffalo to our Edward Norton takes. Nick. <laughs> wow. How are you was... doing? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome <laughs> you had you had to bring Ed Norton in. Uh yeah, thank you. I'm I'm stoked. Stoked to Very be good. back, y'all. <laughs> right. So um as mentioned, we are here to cover uh Age of Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, so, as always, let's start off with uh, some first thoughts. Uh, Neats, what did you think of Avengers Age of Ultron? So, I have rewatched most of the movies. I haven't rewatched this one in like at least a couple of years, which is wild, right? Because, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but everything mm -hmm. that happens in this one is so important for the other movies that, you know, come in the later phases. So, I loved Age of Ultron. I forgot how funny it is. I forgot how it's kind of like a little bit of a horror film action movie combined all together. So it gets really dark. Yeah. And it, yeah. like everything about it from like the way that they had Wanda walking in the beginning to the Pinocchio strings talk, like the music, the, the court, like everything about it was just more than an action movie to me. And I totally forgot that. So, um, mm -hmm. I loved rewatching it. I'm stoked to get into it. All right. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts? Uh, I liked it more the second time I, wa I watched, uh, I, yeah. Jesus Christ. I liked it more the <laughs> second time I watched it now um, than I did the first time. Uh, I th I still think there are too many like bits that are just trying to set up the plot in the future, but I think it is a very... Uh, it does have a good balance of uh, being fun, but also having dark elements. And um, yeah, I, I forgot how many good set pieces there are in it. Like how many moments... There are, yeah. How many different memorable moments there are. All right, and um, our resident Marvel expert, Anthony, what are your thoughts of Age of Ultron? You know what was interesting about this movie is I love the idea of getting into all of the different interpersonal relationships. Uh, Iron Man and Captain America continue their kind of, not feuding per se, but just different ways on how to be a hero and different ways in leading the team. Mm. Obviously, Iron Man wants to quote-unquote end the team, Captain America's, you know, it has kind of changed. Uh, we see a, like a little a more wary and grown Captain America in this instance where Tony's keeping secrets from the team, which is something that in Avengers he promoted he didn't want to be doing. He wanted to make sure that e everybody was on board with stuff. And now Captain America's, uh, Steve Rogers is in that chair trying to get everybody on the page. Uh, obviously the Bruce Banner... And uh, Black Widow story is another interesting aspect of things because this is the first time that we're mm -hmm. looking at any of these characters uh, together romantically. So th I found that aspect, their building uh, and growing relationship. And then, of course, you get the introductions to Vision. Uh, mm -hmm. We take our first look at Ulysses Claw. Um, and 
obviously uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, which we'll get into. Uh, maybe that was one of my uh, smaller issues with the film. We'll get into the whole Quicksilver situation. But overall, from a from a film standpoint, I enjoyed it. Uh, the action was great. There's a lot of good scenes, and there's a lot of great dialogue in this movie as well. Yeah, um, it's really a really fun movie. I think whenever you have an Avengers movie, like we've had two so far, but uh, it there's so much fan service that goes into it. There's just always so much excitement about having the team all together. And I think that in itself, regardless of what it's going on, is always really exciting to watch when you see Captain America and Thor working together, where you see his shield and Mjolnir working in tandem. It's always exciting. And also that team shot, that slow-mo at the top and that tracking shot, what the, yeah. what the movie leads off. Amazing. Like an amazing, amazing part. Um, one thing I will say is, it feels like this movie is more interesting in what it teases than what is actually going on in the movie. Yeah. Like you get more, you get more excited about the potential of what is going to grow out of everything. Right. But sometimes I feel it leads away of actually living the present of what's going on. Like, do you even feel the real threat of Ultron? Do you really feel like they're just not going to get right by this and move on to the next thing? It almost seems like they're always looking further ahead than they are actually in the moment. Um, well, but wasn't that kind of the whole point, right? Tony's talking about how Ultron wasn't the ultimate anyways. Like, they keep kind of teasing back to that That's a good space. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. But I think, uh, yeah, in that regard, because of it being that, it, it, it I mean, I'm, it's not the first Avengers, I would say. But, I, I mean, you can't recreate that moment. I think that that was a lofty expectation to uh, put on it. Um, we, you find out it became too ambitious of a project for Joss Whedon at a point that he, he kind of had a breakdown afterward. If I read that correctly, uh, he quit Twitter. He kind of went off it and he quit the series entirely um, yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah. They needed to bring in two um, directors actually, to split it in half. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so since you mentioned it, Anthony, I figured uh, we can go in and address it right now. Um, I guess we'll start with actually our nitpick section. Uh, I remember when we were talking about Captain America Winter Soldier, we, uh, Sean Rosales had uh, brought up his feelings about uh, Black Widow in it. And I remember Jake saying that he has those similar feelings, but it was going to lead more into how he feels about how she's treated in this movie. So, Jake, I'm, I don't know if I have yeah. this correct, but yeah. do you have thoughts? Uh, yeah, it, it, um, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. But I definitely feel like mm -hmm. there's a specific bit of her characterization, which and there's like actually like a trope of bad male writers writing that where the scene where she's talking to Bruce about he's like he's a monster and she talks about how she was sterilized and that makes her a monster. There's like a trope right. in fiction that happens a lot where lazy male writers are like ah crap 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 i need to come up with a character trait for this woman and it's either that she can't have kids or she was like sexually assaulted like th that's always the that's like mm -hmm. instead of having character right. traits she was abused mm -hmm. and i feel like that is it's it's problematic just because like that's the thing she decides is interesting about her that's what makes her a monster like right i don't know it's it's it also is like feels completely out of the blue because she doesn't seem like the type of character. Like it would be okay if her character is not super concerned about having kids. Not that she can't be. But anyway, I also feel like um, the the romance between Doctor Banner and uh, Natasha, I actually think is fine. I just wish that it wasn't that it 
was teased out more earlier. Like, it kind of feels like... Like, the scenes where they're together are really charming just because you get two super charming actors charming each other. Yeah, I agree with that. But I... I think in the parting scene, it's, like, a nice, playful flirtation. I did, like... I just wish... I wish that we saw the progression more earlier, I guess. Um, And once again, yeah. Her saying that she's a monster because she can't have kids is, like, honestly (laughs) fucked up. Like, that's... Also, like, the fact that, like... Did she say that, though? Not I, to, like... I guess. Kill, she, so, no. I mean, she said that it makes it makes it easier to kill, which is what makes her a monster. And, like... Uh, I'm sorry so you if you guys can hear the coffee element. shop. I think it's, it's more good. that element. I also actually thought the male writers did a really good job with the female writers. Like, there's even a moment where Thor and uh, Iron Man are fighting over whose woman is smarter. And then yeah, you right. have, like, oh, like Helen Cho. Just... Mm-hmm. Just to put that in, uh, and in terms of like her maybe never wanting to have kids, I think there's a difference between never wanting to have kids and being sterilized by someone, so it makes it easier for you to kill everyone. That's fair. I mm-hmm. think. Just that's just a fair saying. point. Um, right. Uh, are there any uh, further nitpicks? Um, Anthony, uh, since oh, we're I'm in this 100. topic right now. <laughs> okay, well, Jake, start us off since you're no, already, no, 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 uh, no. I already you talked going. a lot. Let Anthony go. <laughs> All right, Anthony. So in terms in terms of issues with the movie, and I know I got to shout out Malik Marshall for the Iron Man three uh, pod where he kind of he kind of like calmed me down in the instance of as far as comic book storylines. So okay, yeah, Ultron was kind of meh to me in terms of uh, being a villain. I didn't, you know, it gets to that that stage where a lot of these movies with the villain that the climax happens to be very easy. Now, the original Avengers, I thought that one, it was it was a difficult battle, and you kind of felt like, oh, you know, it's kind of going back and forth in terms of winning and losing. Once the, once the Avengers got to the point where they had to fight Ultron for everything, man, did they kick his ass so easily. Yeah. It, it was it, it just, very it easily felt, handled, yes. Yes, it felt a little bit too easy for me. And then I just hearkened back to the Age of Ultron book, which is actually a really, really good book where, uh, for some differences, actually Hank Pym created Ultron right. in, in the comics. And, and then there's a whole time storyline where Wolverine has to go back in time and stuff. So it's like a lot more interesting and Ultron... Lot more heroes in it so there's just right. like a whole lot of more um rich and interesting stuff there so I, I would say that's like a smaller nitpick to me um i do believe that civil war at least tries and we'll get into that when we get into that pop but it tries to address what kind of happens again here with the whole battle of sokovia and mm-hmm. you're literally the they dropped a whole city and you you know, we don't see just like Avengers. We don't see a lot of, of like deaths or anything like that. Most of the mm-hmm. people, for whatever reason, it seems like they survived. Obviously, right. besides uh, Quicksilver. So, I guess if you want to get into like those types of things, um, I thought the point that you guys had just been discussing, as far as Black Widow and and the Hulk and the whole romance thing, I didn't really mind it. I didn't really mind that aspect too much. Yeah, I, mind, because I minded I think, a lot less on this viewing. I would yeah. say it's the same, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, just uh, about that, it's... Because the movie starts off in a way that's supposed to imply that they've been at it for a little bit. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. went down, and then suddenly they decided to come together because there's no 
visible uh, security element to take care of the rest of it, that there could be a chemistry that built over that time. I was willing to accept that, especially on this view. That's fair. Um, Because uh, that was also another thing I've been griping the whole time through phase two, like why didn't the Avengers get involved? And it's almost like they addressed it here too, where it's like now that there is no shield element, we do need the Avengers on these levels. And I was... And I was like, okay, you know what? Actually, it makes sense. And I was more forgiving of what happened before, too. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think all of that. I think all of that's fair. Um, if we get it, want to get into any other types of issues, eh? You know, actually, Jake, if you wanted to get into your other issues, you can. Yeah, I have a lot. Um, uh, okay. Well, okay. Well, oh, yeah, before needs. Jake, needs, I'll yeah. let Neat. Yeah, Neat, please. Hi. Right, uh, so my biggest issue with the movie was actually all of the romantic scenes. Okay. I don't, not to like, I mean, unpopular opinion maybe, but I don't care for it. I kind of am okay accepting the fact that um, Widow can calm the Hulk down. I don't really care about their backstory. Sorry. I also, right. Hawkeye bringing everyone back to, I skip through those, basically. That's my only issue. I'm not saying that <laughs> no, they're not okay. important. I just think that the whole... Hawkeye family thing. I don't know if it comes into play way later, and maybe that's why he doesn't join them for some battles, or maybe this really was his last battle, and that's kind of his way of retiring him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think one, one way that it helped set up an expectation is they made it seem like, I think, for a long time that this was the movie to set up Hawkeye dying, because they present his family, they give this really strong element, and even in the point where he eventually gets saved by Quicksilver, it looks like, okay, this is it for Hawkeye, because the whole theme for him is like he's in way over his head. So they're so, trying to just get you to care? I guess. I mean, I mean, it, it, yeah. I, one thing about your point that I find particularly cringing is where uh, Linda Cardellini's uh, character is Hawkeye's wife. I'm sorry, I forget her name. Um, when she goes... You know, I totally support your avenging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you remember seeing that? I was like, I don't know about that. It's, Yeah. No, for sure. The romantic writing, it's not that I mind romance in action movies. It's just the okay. romantic writing wasn't on par with everything else. And I kind of felt like, mm. um, It felt like an added element more than something that flowed naturally in the plot. Yeah, totally. Like, I think of the movie in this kind of, exactly like you said, it like flows really naturally. And then there's these two big, like, just obnoxious buckets in there that I usually skip through, which is right. the romantic scene and the... Uh, the home scene with Hawkeye. Other than that, I actually didn't have a lot of issues with the movie. I thought I would, because I kind of forget about this movie a lot. Um, But Mm -hmm. I thought they did a lot of things well, considering that, you're right, this this wasn't a movie where they had to defeat some big thing and come together. I think that's why the first Avengers was really important, because they can't come together over, like, a mini villain, essentially, right? right? And Ultron, at one point, the Hulk literally... I'll talk about this later because it's my favorite scene, but <laughs> the Hulk took him and just shoved him wherever he wanted. He like didn't care and he cuts him off right. in sentence. I'm like, what kind of villain is that? But I think yeah. that wasn't the purpose of this. So I'm right. fine with that. Uh, other yeah. than that, don't really have any. Um, uh, Jerome, Jerome, quick interjection. I, I just realized because she brought up the Hulk. Yeah, I don't really like the idea, no matter how much I enjoyed the Hulk buster uh, versus Hulk scene, yeah, the idea of the Hulk ever getting knocked out by anything besides Thanos is ridiculous to me. And I'll leave okay. it at that. Okay. It's going to be Thanos. It's going to be Thanos. Yeah. Uh, um, That's what... Anyway. Go ahead, Jake. Top yes. line of my notes, all caps. 
Jesus Christ just cast Russians. Yes, I, I had Scarlet Witch accent. I was like, I can't wait for Jake to it talk is, about this. I cannot it's so, wait. It's honestly like, like Elizabeth Olsen is. I she's probably a fine actress, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like as an actor, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs> Uh, but right. like I just their accents are just they sound silly like especially Quicksilver sounds silly Scarlet Witches just goes in and out. Um, she goes in and out. Yes, but it just it's it's also like I obviously yes Sokovia is not a real place like yada yada yada. But clearly they're trying to go for a specific accent. I guess it is. De- I, I, I'm Wired.com has this great video of a guy like breaking down movie accents, and his point is always that if an accent in a movie is bad, it's not that the actor's bad, it's that they didn't give them enough time to learn the accent. And so I'll give them mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt for that, but like, it's just, why, ca- if you're gonna make a movie, like, if you're gonna have Eastern European characters, one, it's almost deeply offensive that your Eastern European characters are played by someone named Olsen and Taylor Johnson. Specifically, <laughs> like that's why, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And and a thing also like when they're in Sokovia, why the hell do they talk to the civilians of Sokovia in English? Right. It's it, always I know that's always in a, English. Ooh, in English. no. Yes. So I think that was a good. Okay, so I think that they were speaking to them in English, and the reason that they were like still throwing things at them is because it was the insensitivity of Stark trying to come in. And protect them and not having thought of, listen, I can program whatever I want. Why don't I program that into the language? I might be reaching, but that's a very stark thing to do. Well, no, wait. No, I mean, like, when they're, when, specifically I'm talking about when Quicksilver goes into, like, the police station and says, get everyone out. Why yeah. is he saying that in English? Mm, yeah, no, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, and then my, <laughs> my one last, my one last big thing is, uh, I, I think that, they would ne- I'm gonna say, they would never say uh, for a location lower third. They would never say off the coast of Europe, and so it's kind of <laughs> messed up how they like and because especially because they end up like destroying a city. Like it is kind of messed up how, how with no regard they just move action movies will destroy third world cities. And so it's like I get that they obviously don't want to like claim that they're destroying a real city, but it's like. That's how insignificant Africa is. Oh, off the coast of Africa. Like, I don't know. That kind of is just, like, off-putting mm-hmm. to me. Um, but maybe maybe that's me getting too uh, high-horsey about it. But, yeah, those are my big three <laughs> things. Also, I do have it written down. Does the Vision have a penis? And if so, why? But I don't really need to get into that. <laughs> Most importantly, if so, why? It's, I mean, uh, uh, you can manifest one, I'm assuming. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, okay, a couple of things I'll go through. Uh, so, this, when Stark has his dream, or the uh, fantasy of everyone dying, it I think it kind of was a moment at that time of like, oh, this is maybe a foreshadowing of what happens under when they go up against Thanos. That's what it felt like in that moment. Like, every, he, everyone's defeated and it's because of Stark. That's how I felt in that moment. And I thought it was really cool, but looking back now, because we've had all these other movies... I couldn't help but think Thor has two eyes. He doesn't have his haircut. <laughs> Captain America doesn't have his haircut yet. So obviously this is a, this is not something that really will happen in the future, or at least not in yeah. that exact way. Um, I will. So we get introduced to Ulysses Claw. He 
ex- seems extremely bland in this compared to how he gets presented in Black Panther. Like he's yeah, off yeah, the Black rails Panther. in Black Panther, and in this one, he's just very run in the mill, um, just villain, and it's not terribly exciting. Uh, I would say, oh, um, I mentioned this in Winter Soldier when it came to uh, Bucky, but in the final battle, why isn't Captain America wearing his helmet? the whole time it like it's a pretty big battle i feel like he should have all the armor he could have available to him um so that bothers me and also it kind of follows in the theme of what happens with black panther again these are things that i would never have obviously until i saw everything afterward but for everything that's happening throughout this for everything that's involved shouldn't wakanda show up at some point because if you look at how they treat claw he is apparently so hidden that no one can find him right. and that he's so present and that all this fine brainiums out there, like they're not coming in to figure out what's going on is uh, it, it like, if anything, it maybe like adds to the point that they really should have gotten involved way back when, like it's a fair question. if there's that, but, um, and then, uh, what else do I have here? Uh, I think that covers it. I think that covers it. Anyway, so we've nitpicked this uh, well enough. We need to pick uh, it. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes! I'm about to... Yes! No, oh, no. Yes! There we go. There we go. No, oh, <laughs> my God. Actually, okay. Give him the team mix left. I'm so heated right now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, I have one defense to the Ultron is easy to defeat part. Uh-huh. Um... They, it seems because Ultron is essentially everywhere up until the point that Vision takes him out of the grid. They essentially need an Affinity Stone to beat him. True. If you think about it that way, sure, true. But I think I think Anthony's Which, like problem is less that it's it's easy to beat him in actual like in the universe. I think I would say from a dramatic standpoint, it's easy. That's fair. It's the right. Oh, yeah, it was very anti. It was very anticlimactic. That sure. I agree with, for sure. But I remember just watching this time around thinking, like, Ultron's no threat. But I'm like, he is actually a threat up until the point that the vision is created. Yeah, but that's like a, what, a 10-second clip yeah. when he exactly. just holds onto his head. And then exactly, after that, exactly. they're kind yeah. of doing whatever they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, move on to something more positive. Uh, let's talk about our favorite scene. Um, we'll start with Neats on this one. Uh, what was your favorite scene? Uh, I think you alluded to a bit of it already. Yeah, so favorite, we're going to do favorite line later, right? Because these are different. Yes, we are. Okay, dope. So I have two, and both of them don't really have words in them. Um, favorite Hulk moment is when, uh, I don't remember what he's trying to say, but Ultron is trying to speak again, and he's talking about, you know, the thing of hindsight is, and the Hulk just comes in very similar to what he did with Loki and just tosses him away. He's like, bro, mm-hmm. I'm done Beautiful. listening to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a good moment. I'm like, the Hulk does mm-hmm. not give a shit. And then later when he's in um, the jet and he just comes, he just hops on board and just kicks him out. And I'm like, yes, dude, <laughs> yeah. like, he's so over you. Um, right. So I love that one. And then the one where they don't know if they want to trust Vision and they're kind of all deliberating it in uh, in Tony's, whatever, in Tony's tower. And then he mm-hmm. just comes with the hammer and he goes, let's go and hands it to Thor. And everyone's like, I... <laughs> That's a beautiful, yeah. Such a good moment. Uh, so those yeah. are my two. Yeah. Um... Anthony, uh, honorable mention scene. Uh, initially, when they're try, all of them are trying to lift Thor's hammer, 
that, that's my no, that was scene. Pretty, that's, that's my scene, man. That's my scene. Yeah, yeah. that's it's pretty dope. Um, I love at the beginning Tony tries to lift it. Right. So if I lift it, I, I then rule Asgard. Yes, of course. I will be reinstituting prima nocta. <laughs> the Thor goes, no, I'm sure. And then when Captain America's trying to lift it, it's like for a second, it's like, wait, oh my holy god, shit, is he about to lift it? <laughs> and then the look on Thor's face is the best That's when beautiful. you hear when you hear the hammer move a little bit. That was my honorable mention. But I, despite the idea that I hate the Hulk getting knocked out by anything, the Hulkbuster. Uh, Hulk fight scene was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of the Hulk like tearing off all of the Hulkbuster armor, but Tony is so smart that he, he it's able to regenerate itself. So well, Tony and Bruce because they build it. Together, well, that's right. They yeah. both created it. They, yeah. That's both they created it. Love the nod to um um Archie, uh by Archie Comics by them calling uh, the Hulkbuster Veronica, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to uh as opposed to Betty. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was pretty cool too. And yeah, I love that. I love that that fight scene. That was pretty dope. And there were a lot of things exploding. And you know, the, your typical action crap. So I enjoyed that scene. All right. Um, Jake. Yeah, you and I have the same one. Uh, the scene with the hammer. I think it's just, I, I, it's, it's, uh, it, it's something that we really didn't get to see in the first Avengers because they were still assembling. Um, but yeah. it is like the the group scene, but they're all just chilling. Also, uh, we got some Don Cheadle and Anthony Mackie. Um, so great uh, stuff, yeah. Like, and and I love like the bit where like they ask Black Widow, and she's like, "Oh no, no, that's not a question I need answered." Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it it's it's just it's a lot of fun, and it uh like I like the way it's edited too. How it's like it's there's like jump cuts, and it's it feels like mm-hmm. a sitcom scene in a way that. I like yeah. when any I, honestly any time an action movie has a good scene like that in Act One, it makes me happy. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think the movie in general, uh, up until I think that point, I just really loved how the pacing was going when they invade the Hydra base, when they have the party together. Um, I feel once Ultra comes on, it starts to drag a little bit. Yeah, especially because yeah. like they moved to Hawkeye's bit, um, Secret Spot and all that. But uh, yeah, that scene is one of my favorites. Uh, Cap moving the hammer, absolutely love that. Just because it also kind of feels like Cap wasn't really trying. Like he was just being, just kind of going through the motions. Like yeah, okay, I tried. Like just being very humble about it. But it looks like I mean I feel like Cap's going to hold the hammer at some point during <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> um, and then also I'm glad uh, Jake mentioned uh, War Machine because I think. I forget that he gets involved at the end and it's such a payoff because of earlier in the uh, party scene where he is like, I'm like, boom, you look yeah, for this and no one's impressed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so great in that because uh, it also very smartly addresses what is an Avengers problem, what is a real world problem, which is something I think, like I said, I had gripes with throughout all of phase two and it's, just that thing where I watch a scene, I think, okay, yeah, this is probably something that like a war machine or Falcon can handle, and then uh, later, but like other things like this is Avengers level, so I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, since we did mention the party scene, might as well get this one out of the way. Stanley, how is, how intrusive was the Stanley cameo? Uh, we'll start with Jake. Um, it was it was uh, a little funny the first time I saw it. It wasn't that funny the second time mm-hmm. I saw it. So I'm going to give it, like, a six. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, Anthony, 
I'm at a five. Um, yeah, at this point, it is funny. Like we always continue to talk about it. The more and more I think about it, um, I get I get a little irritated at the whole uh, Stanley trope. And I know some people feel like we have to we have to you know pay homage to the to the legend Stanley, and I get that. Mm. But yeah, some of these cameos are really unnecessary. <laughs> Needs. Um, I'm one of those people, so I'm at a zero. I think you could put him wherever you want him. And I just don't. It's just another old man. And at least, right. you know, they cast him as another old man. So I'm That's good fair. with it. That's fair. Okay. Fair. That's fair. Very That's fair. fair. Very fair. Um, I'm happy they got that out of the way early. Yes. Uh, I will say, and it kind of became this larger question for me. At this party, who are all these people that aren't superheroes in there? You have random veterans. You have That's random party question. guests. Yeah. Um, like, are they... Uh, stark industry employees that get to meet the avengers i i didn't it suddenly became this thing where did we put all these people in this party so we can have stanley attend too i i think it um. was uh i think they actually heard about it from uh new york's like party expert this party has everything old veterans avengers a robot <laughs> well done Very nice. thank you <laughs> that's funny that's beautiful um i yeah um, and you know what? I'll give him some bonus points for dropping the Excelsior. That was pretty funny. I, yeah. I, I will give him that. Like, I like that nod. Anyway, um, moving on from there then, let's talk about favorite line. Uh, Neats, uh, you, I know you have one on deck, so why don't you hit us up with it? So you talked about at the, uh, the very beginning, this is just a really good movie for the Tony-Steve dynamic. Um, and like, mm-hmm. who is the leader and who is the captain? And Tony kind of says it when they're on their way back. And he's like, I'm not the boss here. He is. I just su- supply the money, the blog, or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. make him cool. That's not my favorite line, but I felt like that was a really good setup for what comes next. So they talk about how they have to be together and all this stuff. And then after Ultron is created, uh, they're talking about, like, why would you do it? And Tony goes into this thing. He's- we can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's, that's the end game. How are you guys planning on beating that? Which is a really mm-hmm. good setup for Thanos, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. he's still very fixated on what's up there. Steve goes together. Tony says, we'll lose. And Steve says, and we'll do that together too. And I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going to look back at this line at the end of Infinity War with whoever dies. And I'm going to mm-hmm. think about it. Because like, yep. that, here. like, they gotta, they're going to, I mean, they're obviously going to lose to Thanos. I'm still trying to figure out who's going to die. At this point, right. I wouldn't be surprised if it's both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm completely honest with you. So I know it adds to the together theme. I mean, yeah. So, then well, they'll yeah. lose together, and he's staring him right in the eye. And it's another one of those movies that Marvel just really isolated them. Um, yeah. So favorite line. All right. Very nice, uh, Jake. What is your favorite line? Uh, honorable mention. Um, uh, actually, I'll give two honorable mentions. One is just because uh, there's a line that, in my opinion, is like actually like not a good, well written line. It's a cheesy line. But James Spader delivers mm-hmm. it so well, it's good. Like the what doesn't kill you. Just makes me stronger. The way he says that, it's like <laughs> like that line itself on paper is not that it's dumb, but he does it so well. Also, another line I like a lot, which is also dumb but delivered well, is the Well. I was born yesterday. That was yeah. But yeah. my favorite <laughs> line is because just because once again, I could talk about Mark Ruffalo's acting in this movie. 
until I am until I'm green in the face when he says, <laughs> um, "No, we're way past that." I could choke the life out of you and never change a shade. Woo! I love that line. I love yeah. that line. The, the, Perfect line. The, and y'all still want to stand for Ed Norton. That's all I'm no saying. One in, <laughs> no one in there is standing for Ed Norton. We killed him. Acknowledging the existence of him is not the same as the standing. But, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> the thing I like about that line so much, it, in particular, uh, I mean, whatever, like, the, whatever Bruce Banner makes reference to, uh, it, the Hulk, I think, is always interesting, but also the the quietness, like the quiet anger to that line. Because obviously, if he's like outwardly angry, we're gonna be like, "Why the hell isn't he turning into the Hulk?" But like, there's a way in which he is as angry as you've ever seen him in that line. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, he's at the edge of it. Yeah, um, which is understandable because this woman, you know, made him kill a bunch of innocent people. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like there, it's. I just, I don't know, everything about that line is, uh, it, there's also, there's a poetry to it that, mm-hmm. I don't know, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> Fantastic line. That's actually what, that was one of mine, for sure. So, uh, Anthony, what do you got? Uh, shout out to Neats for the Cap Tony line, that was one of mine, but, um, honorable mention for me, simply put, the, 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 the Mad Titan, but after the credits... All he has to do is say one thing. As he grabs the Infinity Gauntlet, he says, Fine. I'll do it myself. And it's like, okay. We're going to get... He's he's tired of waiting. He's going to get busy at some point. So that one was was there as well. Um, I actually liked when when Jake was talking about the Well I Was Born Yesterday. I actually found the conversation between Ultron and Vision... Uh, pretty interesting. Where Ultron says, "Stark asked for a savior, and settled for a slave." I suppose we are both disappointments. <laughs> I suppose we are. Humans are odd. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites, and try to control what won't be. But there is grace in their failings. I think you missed that. They're doomed. Yes. But a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. You're unbelievably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. And I understand the idea of I was born yesterday being a little cheesy. But but I think... In the whole context of the conversation, I thought that was a great way to kind of end... Because Ultron's main uh, thing, Ultron's main thing as being created, he realizes, and this is the thing, like this kind of, kind of, kind of applies to uh, the real world in a sense where we're so, like people and scientists are so ambitious to create new technology and new uh, robots. I mean, I'm sure you guys see videos of robots doing wacky, wacky now, and the idea that something like an Ultron, it's I'm not going to say to that extreme that that may happen, but I mean, the way that people are going and the way that technology is advancing, you never know, man. So, so uh, from you that standpoint, know. I found that. Very, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I found that. I found that interesting. Um, and one more Ultron and Thor are fighting um, right before the huge big fight takes place. So mm-hmm. Ultron goes, you think you're saving anyone? I 
Ian dropped this rock a little early, and it's still Billions dead. Even you can't stop that. And then Thor goes, I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast. And he, he pauses and pauses. I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? And then uh, Vision hits Ultron with Mjolnir and returns it to Thor, and then Vision goes, It's terribly well balanced. Well, if there's too much weight, you lose power on the swing. It's great. <laughs> I said that was that was pretty funny too. So those are those are those are my lines. I I like the idea that even in that uh even in that action scene that was a little anticlimactic, you still were able to get some of the levity and uh, the humor that Thor, who continues to get uh, Chris Hemsworth, continues his comedic timing gets better and better as he continues on in these mm-hmm. movies. Well, I would argue that. The comedic timing was always there, but he just wasn't given as much to work with. Yeah, that's like right. I think yeah. he's he's cursed um, by being too ha- so handsome. People don't think he's funny. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, wh- so I'm really glad I made a list of different quotes because basically all of you have hit ev- like a bunch of them on my list already. Uh, but about Anthony's point, and also uh, about Nisa's, one thing I feel like I would re- really remember from that Vision uh, Ultron exchange is, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's sore foreboding. It's just, um, and for us, we've uh, we've taken on this podcast because we love this whole universe, and it just, it feels like we're approaching an end, and um, and it's hard to see what it's going to look like on the other side of it. And Tears. it's so, like, it's so beautiful that what we are witnessing right now, but yeah. it's not going to be like that. Like we know things are about to change. Um, so for my line, uh, that has not been mentioned. Uh, but one thing I really enjoyed because of the whole theme of, um, Bruce Banner dealing with being the Hulk, uh, in trying to comfort him, uh, after the first battle, uh, they turn to Thor and th- Thor goes, Gates of hell are filled with the screams of his victims. <laughs> <laughs> they all stared at him. Uh, but not the screams of the dead, of course. No, no. Uh, wounded screams, mainly whimpering, a uh, great deal of complaining, and tales of sprained deltoids and, and uh, gout. Like, <laughs> that was great. Again, um, to Chris Hemsworth's uh, credit, that was a beautiful moment. Um, but yeah, uh, really a lot of great lines in here. Um, and I, I think. Neat's really brought up a good point about uh, in some ways this movie is kind of forgettable. I think there are points where when you first watched it, you just had all the expectation of the Avengers, the first Avengers that you might feel a little left let down. But mm-hmm. going back and watching it um, recently, like Jake said, it's a lot better than I remember. Um, I And things that I thought were uh, nitpicks were more forgivable um, looking back now. Yeah. Um, moving on to another set of favorites, uh, because it is an Avengers, um, we're going to add this one in. Who was your favorite Avenger in this? Hmm. So we'll start with Jake for this. Um, I it's I think it's got to be it's got to be the Hulk again. Uh, okay. I just yeah. I I um after this I want to talk about Ultron because Ultron. I mean, in terms of performances, uh, James Bader probably has my favorite performance in the movie, but. In terms of it other, is a good performance. I do enjoy. Other yeah. in, in the Avengers, in the scenes where like the Avengers once again, like in that scene where I, my line I quoted from, it's just like Robert Downey Jr., like Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, like great actors are there, and Mark Ruffalo was just mm-hmm. like, oh, he's just like the best. He, he, I mean, it's he, he's like LeBron on Miami. It's like yeah, Wade and Bosch are all stars too, but like we know who like, <laughs> we know who the best is. Um, but yeah, uh, he's so his his like troubles are so interesting in like. 
fascinating. And even though you don't like get to see a lot of it because he's quiet about it, there's a way in which he, you you first see him. He sells it. You see, yeah, you see him wrestle with the fact that like that he hurts people and he like it's a problem that he can't control. Like it's I don't know. He definitely has the most compelling problem in the movie to me. So Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, like, um, what uh, Black Widow mentions at the beginning, uh, he is the one who would win the fight if he wanted to. He's the one right. who is probably the strongest of them all, but chooses to not be, um, which right. is really fascinating. Uh, Neats, who was your favorite Avenger? Um, well, it's the Hulk, because he's not <laughs> probably the strongest of them all. This dude just, like, does not... It continues to blow my mind how much they can fight whatever villain all they want but as soon as the hulk comes in nothing kind of matters like you can't mm-hmm. do anything to him and that's i just love the hulk for that but also like to your point mark ruffalo is just really great like during his human moments when he's messing around with tony and helping build ultron he's just a great character to have around mm-hmm. um and right before they go into hiding after the hulk basically just destroys the entire city it's all just like you get this crazy monster with the most human element to it which going into um ragnarok which i also just rewatched, so i might be biased is so like that it's just such a crazy uh difference between like what the hulk is was here and then what the hulk is during ragnarok and how Mm -hmm. he kind of like he shed that human side he's like i don't want to deal with it anymore and there's i don't think that it's because he was on that planet like you see it at the very end of this movie right yeah the hulk is in the I forgot what the fighter jet is called. Um, oh, the Quinjet. The Quinjet, yeah. Quinjet, thank you. And she's trying to calm him down back to it, and he turns her off, and he's, like, very, that kind of sadness on his face. He's like, I did this on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes off, and he's the Hulk for two years. So, <laughs> yeah. favorite Avenger, always. Anthony, any objections? You know, it's it's funny. Like, I... They both, and I actually have the Hulk as my favorite Avenger here, too. <laughs> because just the idea of his struggle with wanting something more with Natasha and the realization that the Hulk is so dangerous that he can never have a normal life because of that. He's so <laughs> Ruffalo is so good at selling those emotions and making us feel sorry for him. And that's <laughs> how like I felt. I mean, we could go back to Avengers and still the same. Like He sells it so well. So I'll say I'll say that, but uh, if I wanted to go honorable mention, I'll go Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man here because we continue to see the evolution of he went into this whole superhero thing gung ho, wanting to mm-hmm. do whatever he can, and you know it didn't matter to him at the time any t- in terms of consequences, but this movie we begin to see the idea he sees this larger threat looming and Mm -hmm. he's willing to do anything to make things right yeah to to a make things right and and b like he says to end the team what you call it it's not it's not to change the team he wants to end the team he doesn't want to fight any of these wars anymore so you kind of could start to see the wariness of tony stark uh in this in this film Continuing off of Iron Man 3, where they tried to play up on uh, the idea of having PTSD from what happened in the Avengers and seeing aliens and stuff. So I appreciate what Robert Downey Jr. was able to do in this film. 
in turn while still being able to have his his funny lines as always but at the same time uh selling the idea that it you know the struggle is the struggle is you know becoming a lot more for him so i, I i'll say that in terms of honorable mention fair point um yeah the hope for me too uh in the realm of basketball analogies uh that uh, jake was going to the hope for me is like rookie year joel Embiid, limited minutes but crazy numbers he he <laughs> never has it standalone um he's always a feature but every time he's in there he just brings it and it's fantastic um in terms of avengers otherwise uh he's definitely not my favorite um but i figure like even though it's very forced there are some Hawkeye moments I appreciate in this, uh, mainly in the line where he goes, Because the city is flying. Okay, look, the city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots. And I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. I mean, <laughs> at least having that sense of self-awareness helped me forgive the idea of Hawkeye. And um, I didn't necessarily, obviously I didn't need all the forced family storyline and all that. But that line alone, it was just like, okay, at least we know where he stands, <laughs> um, which is fun, which is great. Uh, yeah, I, I think we have. Oh well, I guess we can move on. Um, I, can I talk a little bit about favorite... James Spader? Oh yes, yes. Let's talk Ultron. Let's talk Ultron uh, directly. Uh, oh, what was was your next category going to be? Something that Ultron could be an answer for? Actually, definitely it can be. It was going to be our favorite non-superhero character. Yeah, so... Ultron is. Like, the character itself, like, his is, like, not super amazing, but James Spader is just, just has, honestly, just a terrifying voice in it. Like, yeah. it's, it's, and it's menacing in a way that, um, is interesting because the bits that he's, like, almost most terrifying are when he's trying to be compassionate. Like, he's not, he's a robot, but he's not yes. robotic. And, like, so, like, when he, like, rips, when he, like, ch ch chops Claw's arm off and he's, like, apologetic about it, like, in my opinion, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, terrifying. Because it's, like, he doesn't, he's not able to control himself. He's aware that he's not able to control himself. Um, and the way that he plays those lines is, like, actually, and, I, and I, I, I like that it's a robot character. And it's good that it's a robot character because James Spader, of course, does not look anything like a superhero villain should. So the fact that his voice gets <laughs> to be used for this character, mm -hmm. who's, like, character design sometimes looks a little silly, and, like, when his mouth moves, but, I don't know, like, he just has a lot of good, uh, bits where he's sincerely, like, when he's in, like, the lab in, uh, South Korea, like, you're sincerely worried for the people around him, because he's, mm -hmm. and not because he's, an, like, a Terminator robot who's just destroy, 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 that's not as scary as... I might get mad, destroy you, and then be like, oh, no, why'd I do that? Right. Like, he, he's not in full control of himself. It's yeah. a very terrifying idea. And I, I think also in the performance of it, uh, it, it's a loose connection, but it's kind of like the Mandarin before he becomes Trevor. It just, it's Ben Kingsley, but mm -hmm. it's this very menacing figure. And at that point, just the performance of it makes it such a compelling villain but uh i yeah um one thing and i think it, it happened too if uh you recall the trailers like ultron seemed really cool just based on all the different lines that were delivered mm -hmm. at different points uh because you didn't really see what he was doing yet you would just hear james spader's voice and what he would be saying toward the avengers and it seemed like he was going to be a real threat um 
uh, continuing on into uh, favorite non-superhero character, uh, Anthony, did you have any? Yeah, I felt I felt mostly that uh, the same uh, in terms of yeah, Ultron, the villain in the scope of the movie was maybe a little meh, but I thought the performance was fine. Um, mm-hmm. To Jake's point, uh, being almost like a mo- being completely aware and being and completely intelligent, but also being unhinged at the same time. Nice balance that uh, that James Spader found in this film to be able to to do both of those and kind of balance both of those uh, those uh, those acts. So I thought he I thought he was uh, very good in ter- in terms of that and from a like a psychological standpoint because it was more this movie was more of like a divide and conquer the Avengers type of situation. Him being able to uh, play up both Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's feelings towards tony stark at the beginning into mm-hmm. an idea to go after the defense the the uh the avengers and uh take them take them down i thought that was a that was a good a, a good idea and a and a good way throughout the movie to kind of show what ultron's main uh goal was and and as always the idea of a villain is to make you believe that what they're thinking they really believe is the right thing and and he did a great job of doing that so ultron is mine as well Right. Yeah, he, he does a good job of being the twisted um, version of Tony Stark's uh, belief or principles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I hate to be a broken record, but I pick Ultron as well. I think he was obviously just the most complicated character in the movie, going from like the compassion of listening to Quicksilver and Wanda talk about uh, how they lost their parents and why they hate mm-hmm. Stark. And he really did pay attention in that moment. He was like, no, no, tell me. Uh, to the end where he's uh, he brought Widow just to have some company and he kind of like plays on those hurt feelings really well. He has mm-hmm. the comedy, he has the, I mean, up until the very end where we kind of beat him very easily he has that fear. Uh, I actually thought, I don't know what you guys think, but this was a really twisted version of Loki in my yeah, mind. I because can. he has that like I just want to be loved. I just want to like lead you to what I think makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And like gets really upset whenever someone compares him to something he doesn't want. Like, he cut off the dude's arm. I know mm-hmm. that I just called him the dude, but we'll let it go. He cut <laughs> off the dude's arm. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, all good. He, ba- he barely matters in this movie uh, just because he compared him to Tony. So I right. loved all of that. But honorable mention though, and I totally forgot he was in this movie, is Nick Fury. Because mm-hmm. he comes in midway during literally one of my least favorite moments in the film, the Hawkeye <laughs> home, whatever, um, kind of comes in, brings Tony back down and then comes in with that ship in the most dramatic way. And he said it like Nick Fury is just very like, I know what I am. I'm going to come in and help you in the most dramatic way. And then he does it. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, shout out. Shout, shout out Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think in a lot of ways to uh it's so heavy on the superheroes just because it's such a large cast there aren't really a lot of compelling non-superhero characters anyway so uh ultron is good objectively but also kind of by default would probably be the best um in somewhat in defense to the hawkeye uh farm scene um not that any of that was really relevant but it did bring us Captain America ripping a log in half with his yeah. bare hands, which was like ri- seriously dope. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, just again, it's kind of that thing, you know? They're they're kind of doing the one-upsmanship of cutting logs, and the guy rips it in half. That's not fair. That's like on your left all over again. It's just mm-hmm. he's Captain America. We get it. Um, anyway, I think 
that basically covers the movie. Uh, there, I'm sure there are a lot of like extraneous thoughts um, left for uh, you. So, any final thoughts on the film itself? Uh, we'll start with you, Anthony. Um, I think the idea of the setup uh, continuing to go forward, obviously Thanos looms, and I think that continues to the end credit scene continues to push that point home. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at the time I'm thinking it's like, okay, I'm ever since Avengers, I've been waiting for to see what Thanos does. So like three years later, it comes out. So it's like, okay, he's he's getting involved a little bit further. So now we have another three years to <laughs> before we get to what Thanos is actually going to do. So uh, from that from that standpoint, this film was kind of another another device in terms of getting us to what's next. I want to see, I wanted, I was very curious when Thor, uh, when Thor, obviously part of it, the main of his main journey in the film was, you know, he realizes that there's something foul at play here. And mm-hmm. so when he leaves at the time, I'm thinking, okay, so what is what's Thor going to, uh, be up to. And again, the captain America, Iron Man, that, that uh that rift per se mm-hmm. like they're cool with each other but you get the idea that there's something you know there's something that's going to happen between them and we're going to get to that soon so and it's just been there from since a, the first one really. yeah it's been there yeah they're just they're, they just have two different ideology uh, ideologies and also at the same time they're both sw- basically switching uh points um as the films go on Iron yep. Man starts off as the rogue person. Captain America mm-hmm. starts off as the as a straight man, and it, and they both kind of turn as the movies continue to go. So it's interesting to see that development. And then, of course, what the hell happened to the Hulk? Well, like he just he just he just broke right. out. So so we we wonder what happens. Wait, did you there. have that Planet Hulk feelings when you saw that happen? Like, were you getting excited about the prospects of it? Yeah, because that's, like that. yeah. that's what. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like. Two of the two of the storylines that I really wish, and they kind of tried to like do elements of in it of it in Thor Ragnarok. Obviously, was Planet Hulk, but man, if they ever did World uh, World War Hulk, because <laughs> you guys, if they, if like if you guys are like really fans, like you should read that because there's a lot that happens in World War Hulk that is so crazy, um, and what they have to do to stop the Hulk in that film. I mean, in that in that comic book, is just incredible incredible to me so like from an overall movie standpoint we're, we're we're moving along but the idea is i'm i'm looking i'm waiting i'm thinking like man it's a, it we're getting closer and closer to obviously infinity war jake uh my only other note i actually have two notes um i like that the phrase tony stark uses peace in our time which is of course a nod to neville chamberlain saying that about uh after he just met with Hitler shortly before Hitler invaded Poland, which is great. Uh, nice little homage. Um, but also, and it's, this is a, such a high bar, but the Quicksilver scenes in this movie are so much worse than the ones in the X-Men series. Because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the Quicksilver, specifically, I mean, it's not a good movie, but uh, X-Men Apocalypse, the scene where Quicksilver is evacuating all the kids from... The mansion? Yeah, the mansion. 
is one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It is. And also and the, the prison one, break scene from, yeah. yeah. Those are two of the cool, like, they're so cool. And the fact that, like, the Quicksilver mm-hmm. scenes are kind of cheesy, like, I get why it's because there's so many other superheroes in this movie. Like, it's kind of an afterthought, and he's, he doesn't last. Like, they don't need to set it up that much, but right. it's, it's kind of boring, like, the Quicksilver scenes, honestly, when they really shouldn't yeah, be. I agree. Uh, Neats? Um... Cool. So my biggest thing with this movie is I talked about it at the beginning. It was really forgettable. Um, but the battle of Sokovia is also so important for the Accords and for Black Panther's right. um, father dying and for everything that comes after. Mm. And the, like the, the total shift, like you mentioned, Steve and Tony keep changing, but that total, like Steve is now anti these Accords and like Tony's pro mm. and civil war, everything, basically everything comes out of this. The movie being forgettable is fine because Marvel does a really good job of making these battles matter so much the same way that they would in the real world within history. So, like, there's the Battle of New York, there's the Battle of Sokovia. Mm -hmm. You don't really need to remember everything else around it, if that makes sense. You don't even need to remember that Ultron was the one trying to drop the meteor. Uh, So that's not really about the movie, but more so about, like, a testament to what Marvel has been able to do is that it set up this entire history line if that makes mm-hmm. sense um and yeah, these yeah, things don't just not matter yeah right um, um cool yeah <laughs> uh I, I think adding to your point about sokovia i think what's important about that battle too is because it's rooted in something that was created by the avengers as opposed to something that yeah. was an invasion or otherwise this is now their own internal struggle is causing uh an impact on the world a negative impact on the world so uh I, I don't think you can make a strong um, a strong argument for the Accords without something like Sokovia happening, um, which I think is really important, too. Uh, and also, to your point about Quicksilver, uh, just a larger point about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's a real shame we don't have the X-Men, that we have these enhanced yeah. figures, but we can't say they're mutants. Yeah. We can't say any of that stuff. Um, we can have Wolverine as part of um, the Avengers. Uh, it's, yeah. And because of that, you have these two different Quicksilvers existing in different worlds, and uh, that—that's kind of a shame. But well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, it changes with the whole uh, merger that they just did, and as the as we continue on past Avengers Four, mm-hmm. you know, I've been hearing some things. So hopefully, right. so hopefully, yeah. there'll be some differences, and hopefully, we get some additions. But yeah, to your point. It, it, like it's unfortunate that we weren't able to get because Wolverine is actually a huge part of the Avengers in, right. in the comic book, right? And uh, and then at least it offers the opportunities of things like Wolverine versus Hulk. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Oh man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this I can't even say this brings us to the end of Phase Two. I thought it was the end of Phase Two, but we still have one more film that is coming in at Ant Man, which is the oddest grouping, but. It is what it is. It'll be fun. And then all we have to do is the rankings and we'll be uh, good to exactly. go. Exactly. So um, let's go into the rankings right now. We'll start with Neats. Uh, actually, even if you want to share any particular thoughts about Phase 2 in general, because we haven't talked to you since Phase 1. Uh, but yeah, what do Damn. you think? Damn. What movies are in Phase 2? I can't even remember. So it's this. Okay. Um, here, I'll, I'll Iron Man 3, yeah. Thor the Dark World, Iron Captain Man, yeah, America, Dark Civil, World. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. And yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Sick. Guardians of the Galaxy was hella good, way better than I thought it would be. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go... Damn, I'm going to go Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, 
and then it was Iron Man, Iron 3, Man 3, 3, and then Thor Dark World, if I have to, like, acknowledge it as right. a movie. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it can stay I, in the universe, right? Dark it can World stay, stay, it can stay in the universe because, like... There's Thor an is Thor, and it's a second it. movie. I get it, right. but it's also like one of the worst Marvel films. Yes, um, it is. specifically yeah, the so. second worst, if you ask our rankings. Shout out Iron Man three, though. <laughs> Iron Man three, whatever. I know how you uh, all we, feel. We, we do. Oh, we wait, doing this I, again? We doing, doing this again? again? I'm not doing this. <laughs> again. I am not. You can have a movie if you like on Iron Man three, if you like. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, okay. If you believe, if you believe that, if you believe it, I believe it. Right, I'm, I'm gonna let you. Ha- I'm gonna let you have that, Neats. You, <laughs> you can come back for Infinity War now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, all right, uh, Jake. Where does this uh, fall in your rankings? Um, I'm just gonna run through really quick. It, Black Panther, Cap Two, Guardians, Avengers, Iron Man, then Ultron, then Iron Man Three, mm-hmm. Cap One, Thor, Iron Man Two, Thor Two, Incredible Hulk. Cool, Anthony. Uh, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, a Galaxy, Age of Ultron, then Iron Man, Thor, Captain America 1, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2, Thor the Dark World, Incredible Hulk, bringing up the rear. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually right. thinking, I'm rethinking it. I'm going to put Ultron above Iron Man. I, I once I hear an okay. Anthony say it, okay. and I'm like, if Anthony even, because I was like, I kind of was feeling precious about Iron Man, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, all I'm, good. I'm, 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 between, <laughs> I'm between both of those. They're interchangeable for me. It's too. an but Avengers anyway, movie, man. It's an Avengers I like movie. my it's, Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Iron Man, Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, Thor, First Adventure, Iron Man 2, Dark World, and no other movies out of respect of a, for a guest. <laughs> all right. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, that covers it. We made it through uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. Neats, as always, thank you for joining us on here. Where can we find you, Neats, uh, in the internet sphere? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twenty four seven. I am yes. at uh, damn. What's my handle? It's Nitz Blue. It's N I T Z B L U V. Find me there. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This is always fun. Thank you for coming, uh, Anthony. Where can we find you? Also, we should say before I continue, Neats will return. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, you, bet. <laughs> yeah, you could <laughs> follow me on Twitter, AC Spotlight Nine Five, Selfish the Poetry Book, and appreciate all of you guys for listening to Marvel Cinematic University. Thank you. Right. What you don't know is Nisa's actually going to come back for the next next Iron Man Three pod that we're going to redo, so she can get her points off on. Oh action. my god, hey. <laughs> guys! One one of y'all is going to have to get a Skype recorder because I'm not getting on that call. <laughs> I'm not really getting Iron Man 3 again. Like, I, the thing is, right. the thing is, Deeds, you have to understand, I'm come down more on your side of it. I'm just not having that discussion again. Right. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a serial is a uh, soup argument of the yes. Marvel Cinematic <laughs> University podcast. Um, all right. So, uh, Jake, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Jake Christie. I do another podcast called Sorted History, uh, which you can follow at Sorted underscore History. Uh, I think this episode, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I think this pod is either going to go up on Monday or Tuesday, so there will be a new Sorted History mm-hmm. for y'all to listen in your ear holes. Um, also, check me out. I'm sometimes on the Back to Back podcast. I was on the Friday Mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually just recorded this just before this. So, uh, That's doing right. a podcast marathon, Double guys. Duty. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost two, almost three consecutive hours of podcasting and boy, do I feel tired anyway. <laughs> uh, you can find me at black dragon roll. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. 
uh, listen, rate, review, and uh, yes. watch yourself some more Marvel Cinematic Universe. Have a great one. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>